There are many people who think, I'm young, I still have plenty of time to amend my life. But who says you have so much time? Look at Don Bosco's oratory boys. They were students of one of the greatest saints of all time. He practically raised them and told them of his mystical dreams. Nevertheless, some of them still sinned and went to hell, as we shall hear in this next episode, which is part two of his dream on hell. The snares we are all subject to are described in detail in order to help us not fall, and if we do, how to remedy our plight. You're watching The Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco, a project of America Needs Fatima. I'm your host, Matthew Miller. Once my guide figured I had observed everything, he made me continue along that rose-hedged road. However, the farther we went, the scarcer the roses became, and long thorns began to show up. Soon there were no more roses. The hedges became thorny, leafless, and sun-scorched. Dead branches from the bushes lay along the road, littering it with thorns and making it impassable. We came to a ravine whose steep sides hid what lay beyond. Still sloping downward, the road became ever more terrifying, rutted and strewn with rocks and boulders. I lost track of all my boys, most of whom had left this treacherous road and taken other paths. As I kept going, the further I advanced, the more arduous and steep the descent became. I tumbled and fell several times, lying or sitting down until I could catch my breath. From time to time, my guide supported me or helped me to rise. My joints seemed to give away at every step. I thought my shin bones would snap and said to my guide, panting, My friend, I can no longer stand on my legs. It's impossible for me to keep going. He said nothing and continued walking. I felt encouraged and followed until he saw me soaked in sweat and thoroughly exhausted. He then mercifully led me to a little clearing alongside the road. I sat down, took a deep breath, and felt better. From there I looked at the road I had traveled. It looked very steep, jagged, and strewn with loose stones. However, what lay ahead seemed so much worse that I closed my eyes in horror, pleading, Let's go back. How can we ever get back to the oratory if we go any farther? I'll never make it back up this slope. My guide sternly answered, Do you want me to leave you here now that we have come so far? At this threat I wailed, How can I return or go ahead without your help? Then follow me, he said. I rose, and we continued our descent. The road now became so frightfully steep that it was almost impossible to stand erect. Then an enormous building loomed into sight at the bottom of this precipice, at the entrance of a dark valley. Its towering portal was tightly locked and faced our road. When we got to the bottom of the abyss, I was smothered by suffocating heat, while a greasy, green-tinted smoke rose with flashes of scarlet flames from behind those enormous walls which loomed higher than a mountain. I asked my guide, where are we? What is this? Read the inscription on that portal, and you'll know, he answered. 
I looked up and read, Ubi non est redemptio, the place of no reprieve. I realized that we were at the gates of hell. The guide led me around the walls of this horrible place. At regular distances, bronze portals like the first overlooked precipitous descents. Each had an inscription such as these two from the Gospel of Matthew, Deshedite maledicti in ignem eternum qui paratus est diablo et angelis eius. Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, which was prepared for the devil and his angels. Omnis arbor, que non facit fructum bonum exciditor et in ignem mitetor. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I took my notebook to copy them, but my guide said, Stop, what are you doing? I am copying these inscriptions. He answered, There is no need. They're all in Holy Scripture. You even have some inscribed at your entrances. At that sight, I wanted to turn back and return to the oratory. I took a few steps, but my guide shrugged off my attempt. After going through a huge, steep ravine, we again came to the foot of the precipice facing the first portal. The guide suddenly turned to me, upset and startled, motioning me to step aside. Look out! Terrified, I saw in the distance someone racing down the path at breakneck speed. As he got closer, I saw it was one of my boys. His disheveled hair partly stood upright on his head and was partly tossed back by the wind. His arms were outstretched as if thrashing on the water to stay afloat. He wanted to stop, but couldn't. He fell even faster as he tripped on the protruding stones. I shouted, holding out my hands in a vain effort to restrain him. Let's help him! Let's stop him! The guide said, leave him alone. Why can't I stop him? Don't you know how terrible God's vengeance is? Do you think you could stop someone fleeing from his burning wrath? Meanwhile, the youth turned his fiery gaze backward to see if God's wrath was still pursuing him. He then tumbled down the ravine and crashed against the bronze portal as if he could find no better refuge in his flight. I asked, why was he looking backward in terror? Because God's wrath pierces all gates of hell to torment him, even in the midst of fire. The portal sprang wide open with a roar as the boy crashed into it. Instantly a thousand inner portals opened, clanging as if struck by a body propelled by an invisible, violent, and irresistible wind. Although these bronze doors were a considerable distance from each other, as the doors remained momentarily open, I saw far into the distance something like furnace jaws spouting fiery balls as the young man hurtled into it. The portals then clanged shut as swiftly as they had opened. I again took my notebook and tried to jot down the name of that unfortunate lad, but the guide held my arm saying, wait and watch again. As I watched, another three of our boys rolled down one behind the other 
like boulders, screaming in terror with arms outstretched. I recognized the three as they crashed against the portal. It sprang open in a split second, and so did the other thousand. As the three lads were sucked into that endless corridor, I heard a drawn-out, fading, infernal echo, and the portals clanged shut. Many other boys came tumbling down after them from time to time. I saw one unlucky boy pushed down the slope by an evil companion. Others fell alone, or with other boys, arm in arm or side by side. Each bore the name of his sin on his forehead. I kept calling them as they hurtled down, but they didn't hear me. The portals again opened thunderously and slammed shut with a rumble. A deadly silence ensued. My guide exclaimed, Here you have the causes for so many lost souls, bad companions, bad books, and bad habits. The traps I saw earlier indeed dragged the boys to ruin. Seeing so many of them lost, I cried out with affliction, If so many of our boys end up this way, our educational work is useless. How can we prevent this calamity? The guide responded, This is their present state, and here is where they would come if they were to die now. So let me write their names to warn them and set them back on the path to heaven. Do you really believe some of them would amend if you warned them? Your warning might impress them for a moment, but they will soon forget it, saying, It was just a dream. And they'll do worse than before. Others, seeing they have been unmasked, will frequent the sacraments, but not in an uprightly spontaneous nor meritorious way. Still others will go to confession because of a momentary fear of hell, but will remain attached to sin. Then there's no way to save these poor wretches? Please tell me what I can do for them. They have superiors? Let them obey. They have rules? Let them observe them. They have the sacraments. Let them receive them. At that point, a new group of boys came hurtling down, and the portals momentarily opened, and the guide said to me, Come inside with me. Can you imagine that St. John Bosco saw all that? But this is only the end of part two. Please subscribe and join me at 8 a.m. next Friday for part three of the dream. God bless you and Our Lady keep you.